comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from 4 to 6 at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8 on Joke Workshop with 4-minute sets and 4-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9 with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. Dolphins have all come to roost here at Mutiny Radio. It's time for the AltaCast. It is high noon here on Wednesday, May 9th. (laughs) I have no idea what time. Time is a construct of man. It's not real. It's real. I mean, is it real? But what is real anymore? Well, tell you what is real. Well, Latoya's not here yet. I have so many exciting things to tell her. And I need to get the news from her because I have no idea what is happening in the world. I submerge myself in a barrel of whiskey, come out for free ice cream days. I have no idea what's happening in the world. Uh, there's a dime here. That's good news. CCSF stuff here on the uh, on the board. That's not going to help us. Hey, everybody. Uh, I've been burning the candle at both ends recently with the... Uh, I'm grinding hard in the comedy machine. Oof. Every day, every day, podcasting. Um, well, let's let's find out what's upsetting this week. I, I would. I, last week we talked about. Uh, it's so funny because we talked about the hate speech that was published to everyone's, uh, the transgender hate speech that went into everyone's mailboxes because of the voting. And I'm looking at the Guardian, some you know local newspaper, what have you, and. They talked about it in the opinion piece, and I'm like, I know, it's so offensive uh, that that guy should be raped with a pine cone. Ugh, just closed-mindedness. I've been... Uh, Westworld is still just fucking with my head, as is The Expanse, which is a really wonderful series of books written by James S.A. Corey, which is a pseudonym or a it's a made up name of two people actually write that story but it's space opera it's sci-fi space opera and it's great 
and Sci-Fi Network turned it into a show, and they did a pretty good job of turning a book, a series of books, into um, a television series. So it's pretty cool. But what I'm, what's really, I'm focusing on, and also with Westworld, is the idea of, you know, what what people are worth something, right? So in Westworld, it's a little bit farther removed because it's AI versus humans and futuristic and money. It's all still kind of there. But in the Expanse, it's Earthers versus people that have colonized Mars versus the Belters who live in the asteroid belt that are rock hoppers and they get all the ice and stuff and the very they die and they people mess with their air and and uh, but it's what is the value of people of humanity and and you know what makes it important or not important and just grappling with those questions has been cool for me although I'm probably the wrong person that should be grappling with those questions we should <laughs> extend it to a wider range uh, because it seems like in our world right now we're definitely not understanding each other and uh, I feel like the only thing that can save us is fiction uh, empathy people reading each other's stories and understanding like oh I'm a you know if you were a belter Sasuke <laughs> anybody who likes the expanse I'm like give us a call 415 Five five zero zero five one one. If you like to read, if you're still a reader, uh, go to timstesseract.com and read my Jane Six. Oh, there I hear her! Yay! Saving me, saving me from myself. Latoya, the sheriff of truth. No, you don't have to have an excuse. You do, you you live you do you, girl. You live it. It's fine. It's twelve oh five. You can come anytime you want. Uh, it's fine. Crazy. I was I was just um, letting the people know about uh, I, I, the books. I'm back to this whole thing of like uh, telling stories and empathy are the only thing they're the only thing that's going to save humanity at this point. <laughs> and that like if like stories like Westworld where we actually get people to start extrapolating like. So, oh my gosh! Well, it's it's they were just they they were interesting with this week because they were just forwarding the plot, and it wasn't as um, it wasn't as juicy as the second one. But there were a lot of explosions and there was a lot of things happening. But still, the, the crux of the matter is what people are people, or you know what is real what is not and and how we can turn that look at our, turn the eye to our society and say well why do we only value certain people and i mean it, it's money but class class classism uh-huh. but it's i mean it's it's just interesting that these the other thing i've read which has become a sci-fi series is called the expanse and so people on earth are like one way and people on Mars are another way and then there's the belters who live in zero G and we treat them the other humans treat them crappily and they just like cut off their air and they're like a hundred thousand of them were just murdered for this proto-molecule for like an experiment so it's one of those things where you're like ah you know it's it's fiction and it's dystopian future fiction uh, even if it's idealized like oh we've got these huge domes and we're in space or whatever but we're still dealing with the same question of humanity as why are some people worth more than others? Which is the problem we're having now, which is why African-American gentlemen get shot on the streets, 
which is why, you know, the incarceration situation is still happening, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So my, my point is that fiction is the only thing that will save us. Well, yeah, that's, uh, what is that, life, art imitating life? Yeah. In some aspect, yeah. The, uh, especially we talked about that last week with the whole Westworld. Yeah. How, you know, the different, you know, how these androids now have feelings. Right. And, you know, they have been taken advantage of, but they'll remember. And that's, I but think But isn't that that's the same thing? It's the same thing with yeah. slavery. They've it's been enslaved. It's of like, and they're, they've said, this is the way you live your life. And and they're like, but wait, we're not, I mean, it's. We were known, we're, we're, we're known I, as not being human. Right, it's property, Chattel, which is crazy. Property. And so now we we have those feelings and emotions of our ancestors that are have still reflection to this very day of who we are as African-Americans. Yeah. So, yeah. Because we. We just, we just drag people all over willy-nilly and like, oh, you live here. No, you don't live there anymore. You Speaking belong to us now. What? Drag. You're wearing your hair down. Nice. I am wearing my hair down. You guys can't see this, haha. Yeah, uh, I never wear it down. I had to wash it because I was in a smoking room on Monday and I smelled really badly. So oh, I had you to hit wash that it nicotine smell all over Just, your body. It was like, ugh, it was everywhere. I felt terrible for. Okay, so That's here's like what happened. Smoking. It's 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 gross stuff. I smoked so many cigarettes on Monday. It's just it's terrible. I should I should stop doing that. It's a terrible habit. Have I you, love smoking them. Have you, does, does it ever get nauseating to you though? Yeah, sometimes I, I don't usually smoke during the day. I usually just smoke when I drink, but You're I drink drinking. so much that I just am, you know. <laughs> but sometimes I just can't even, like, it gives me, like, I like feel headachey about it. I'm like, ugh, I just can't. But it's usually in the day. When I've been drinking, I love me some cigarettes. So on Monday, oh. I got, this is crazy story. A 25-year-old hit on me really hard. And it took me like a half hour to realize that he was hitting on me. And then he like leaned in for a kiss. And I didn't. I was like, oh, sweetheart, you are so young. Uh, Far too young. You know, and I have a... Too young young for pale. Yeah, but I have, you know, and I have a boyfriend and everything. And I was trying to be like, you know, on the up and up. But, I mean, I didn't Damn. even think, I wasn't wearing any makeup. I had my hair up like a German school marm. Like, it was all up in braids and weird. And, like, it was just, like, I, and I'm 40. I was, like, not wearing makeup. And I'm, like, I'm 43 years old. You know that, right? And he's, like, yeah. I'm, like, you're, you're 25. You turned 26. You the only time. A teenage mom. Well, the, I, that's what I said. I said I could have been your mom. But the only time I was ever interested in a 25 year old was when I was like 17. And I was like, oh my God, 25. <laughs> and that was terrible. I should not have been interested in a 25 year old at 17. Because what is a 25 year old interested in a 17 year old for? Not a goddamn thing. But on the same. But right. teenage girls are fast as fuck. I know. I was I, one of them. I was into. Yeah, I was with you too. I, that, I didn't date anyone my age. But. A 25-year-old now? Like, I'm sorry, sir. Your age is just never attractive. Like, it's too young. Do you find it a little bit flattering? Oh, I'm so flattered. But also, too, it's just like, whoa. I did not know. I thought he was just being very nice until he started kind of sitting close to me and his legs started touching my leg. And I was like, oh, my God. I think this guy thinks something's going to happen here. And then he like leaned in and I was like, you are so sweet. You are so darling. But Bless it's because he heart. saw my set. He saw my set. 
Oh, that that probably was what turned him on even more. I was like, oh my that god, mouth. that mouth, that mouth, I can't Pam. That see, you remember several weeks ago you talked about like how you went out and you dressed up and you felt getting her, you know, you were getting harassed because you had makeup and stuff on. I got harassed with no makeup. It exactly, doesn't matter. That's what I'm it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Catcalling versus complimenting. Yeah. It, it just doesn't even. It was so sweet of him, though. Broad. I just can't believe, though. I, I mean, it took me like I was like, Bleh. wait a minute, you're like you're actually hitting on me right now, like really hard. So, whatever. Ooh. I just had no idea that men that young would at all be interested in old lady. Uh, yeah. Well, and so one of my little buddies, Mark Neuer, he's like 22 and he's a comedian. He goes, oh, Pam, uh, there's this porn everybody likes called milk porn. And like all the guys in their 20s really like it. And he's like, you're like, that's your age. That's you. And I'm but like, I don't have any kids. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you're kitty cat. Right. I have a kitty cat. That's it. You but there, I just can't believe that. What is going through a twenty-five-year-old guy's mind? Where like he's like, I think that's I, a, get I think that's awesome. Forty-three-year-old girl. Here. I think that's awesome, especially the fact that the stigma of like you know women getting older, you know, are supposed to be less attractive, which is horseshit. And I love the fact that a matter that younger guys do. You're seeing more and more younger guys finding older women attractive because I know as I got older I wouldn't want to be 25 anymore because I was an idiot right and I didn't have the confidence that I have now mm. and so I think a lot of younger men see that in older women and that's not actually we're, we're you're, you're talking about yourself like you're fucking 70 you're not <laughs> that even far off I mean you you guys probably have like the, some of the same shit in common because his big sister he probably listened to so him. He was so young. His but, hair was like long and pretty. He, he looked like he was a cross between sort of like, uh, he, he looked like kind of like a Filipino Mexican, like just coffee skin, real pretty big, big brown eyes. Like I was just like, I, I just, and it was not, like, he was talking to me and I was like, this is weird and stuff. But then all of a sudden I'm like, oh no, he's not just talking to me. He wants to get up in the Right. Guts. I was like, what? I just don't even. I, I just don't even objectify myself girl, like that anymore. I feel flattered about that shit. I do. I do. I feel yeah. good. But I, yeah. So that was something good happened that this week. Or not good. I mean, I don't know if it's good or not. It, it made me feel like it's the same thing when I walk down the street and I do get catcalled in, but it's a compliment. And they say, girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. And I'm like, that is so nice. That is such a compliment. That is so. That is such a compliment. You like that, I don't have a problem with. I, I think also too, you should bask in the fact of, you know, how certain people, when they get a certain age, they feel like they have to start acting or looking old or what have right. you, or they feel like, well, I'm an adult or I'm past thirty, so I have to start looking and being like this and shopping at Talbots. Yeah, <laughs> shopping at Talbots. That's <laughs> and Chico's. So, but oh yeah, like, yeah, Chico's. They have some cool belts. But like you know, I bet you you're the hottest thing compared to the classmates that you graduated high school with. 
I don't know. They all have money for plastic surgery at this point. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. But no, that's very sweet. Uh, uh, no, the good, the good sweet. doctor. It's true. The good doctor Katie is getting married again, and uh, she looks like like she works out. She's crazy. Like, woo. Like, like it's like military I, style. I like good. I look good with clothes on, but like she looks good with clothes off. You know what I'm saying? And is she's the Dr. Katie, 44. The der- dermatologist. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. She's badass. Uh, the hypocrisy of Melania Trump's online safety booklet <laughs> pointed out page by page. Oh yeah, so supposedly it, you know she, uh, uh, what you call it, plagiarized. The Did Daily you? Show with Trevor. Yeah, I want to find out this thing. Be best. That's be best. Gov. That's her new thing. She's so pretty. I mean, she looks like a tigress. She looks like... Yeah, if I had the plastic surgery, her doctor too. That jacket is throwback 70s. Her hair, a little flyaway. I'd put a little bit more product in there, but she still looks great. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah used a new child safely booklet promoted by First Lady Melania Trump to insinuate that her husband, President Donald Trump, was a cyber bully. Yeah, we know he's a cyber bully. In a Twitter thread shared on Tuesday, the late night show demonstrated the hypocrisy of the warnings contained within the talking with kids about being online pamphlet when compared to the president's past rumor mongering and mean spirited tweets. Check out the full thread below. So these are all tweets. We read Melania's Be Best pamphlet, and some of her warning signs of cyberbullying are pretty specific. <laughs> and then there's a White House Twitter. We'll follow it. I think that they're, I had no idea this. I mean, I've always, I, I'm, I've been it's wondering when she's going to take a stance. But yeah, there's a, let's see if we can find that, the new child safety book. They're just really trying to find something for Melania to do, huh? Mm-hmm. Talking with kids about being online. As first lady, I want to nurture the most valuable, I want to do her accent, but I don't know what she sounds like. Very thick. As first lady, I want to nurture, that's not it at all. I have no idea what she sounds like because she never speaks. I want to nurture the most valuable part of our society and our future. Children. God, the picture of her here in her booklet is so good. Her ring is huge. Look at that diamond on her finger. She looks so good. She looks unhappy. Well, I mean, she looks good when she frowns too, but she she looks so young too. God. I told you she has a good plastic surgeon. Yeah. I want to nurture the most valuable part of society of our future. Children. As adults, we take responsibility for helping children manage the many issues they face. So what is the best way to protect our kids online? Talk with them. Communicate your values clearly so your kids can make thoughtful decisions when they face tricky situations. If you have a young person in your life, whether you're a parent or a guardian, teacher, police officer, coach, religious or scout leader, relative or friend, I ask you to join me and commit are promoting values such as encouragement, compassion, and respect, both online and offline. Lessons in this booklet can help kids act thoughtfully and kindly. I hope you will use it to have conversations with children about appropriate conduct online and about using social media responsibly. The internet and technology in general are powerful forces for good, and I believe that together we can make real differences in encouraging positive behavior online, especially in porn. No, I'm kidding. There's no porn in there, but our powerful forces for porn. We could take the word good out and just put porn. Porn. Well, it's so much fun because they already say, 
uh, if you're to make to promoting values such as encouragement, compassion, and respect, both on and offline. I lo- and I love it. We can go back through all the horrible things he said. He's like, Ariana Huffington is unattractive both inside and out because Rosie O'Donnell's fat, ugly face. Right, exactly. And then Obama wiretapped me. <laughs> so here's her thing. This is this is fun. People of all ages are connecting with family and friends online, downloading apps and accessing content, sharing what they're doing and where they are, sharing photo videos from mobile devices, building online profiles and reputations. Communicating online is a way of life, yet it comes with certain risks. This is like some poor shit. It is. Like this is like shit that should have came out funny. in 2001 about this is how you work the internet. Tweens. Yeah, oh most God. tweens want to watch porn. <laughs> Don't let them do it. I Does was it say talking that? no, no, I'm just making things up now. Uh, I was hanging out with a 13-year-old this weekend and she was telling me about there's kids that use vape pens in the um yes. They're using vape pens in the bathrooms. And I was like where are they getting vape pens? And um, they're like, their parents. I'm like, oh. So, you know, with there's the, um, I think it's uh, uh, Proposition E. Oh, about right. The cigarettes. Right, trying stuff. to, right. No more, no, no menthols, no flavored, no flavored Flavored vapes. vape pens. So that's what the kids are crazy about is the flavored vape pens. Because right. I was all for like the menthols. Like, like, listen, people can keep their menthols if they want to and it ain't going to bother me. Right. But then, my boyfriend was the one that told me like but do you know what's going on with the vape pens i had no idea i don't right. have any children so I, and i don't hang around teenagers because that's creepy it is creepy. but basically what you just stated was that's a really popular trend going on for tweens teenagers yeah it's yeah. the flavor vape pens the bubble gum there's a grape one all that shit but aren't kids gonna smoke anyway well the, the one thing is that but the vape-, vape pens are they taste good and cigarettes yeah. don't you have to get used to the way and like the way they taste after a certain amount of time that nicotine right but it's as a delivery system I don't know what I'm gonna do about E I, I don't like it because I feel like it targets uh, communities of color unfairly I, because, why, because of menthols because of menthols because <laughs> of cools and- it's just, I, I, I just feel like you know hey if people want to smoke that shit smoke that shit but that's why I was like I didn't know about the vape pen situation right. well, but that's the thing is that why is, don't why sell is it to kids why is menthols but gotta be up ki- there? if kids are gonna find it kids are gonna find it they're gonna figure out a way They if they want to find a way they'll find a way um, I heard also too with like some of the flavor vape pens that we were discussing, the packaging too, the way they package it. Right, makes it very, look like, hey, if you're a kid, you're gonna like this. Come on, kid, have some bubble gum vape. Ooh, yeah, get some. The vapea. Uh, well, let's listen really quickly to Melaniania here, so so I can make fun of her accent. <laughs> I feel strongly that as adults, we can and should be best at educating our children about the importance of a healthy and balanced life. So today, I'm very excited to announce Be Best, an awareness campaign dedicated to the most valuable 
and fragile among us, our children. Let us teach children the importance of all aspects of their well-being, which includes a social, emotional, and physical health. As we all know, social media can be both positively and negatively affect on our children, but too often it used in negative ways. When children learn positive online behaviors early on, social media can be used in productive ways and can affect positive change. I do believe that children should be both seen and heard, and it is our responsibility <laughs> as adults to educate and remind them that when they are using their voices, whether verbally or online, they must choose their words wisely and speak with respect and compassion. <laughs> like your husband. It, it, you, spoke, you spoke well for a dumb bitch. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was truly a beautiful and heartfelt speech. Not really. It's the way she feels, very strongly. <laughs> Everywhere she has gone, Americans have been touched by her sincerity, moved by her grace, and lifted by her love. Today we pledge to be best. Best for our families, best for our communities, and best for our nation. Like so garbage. now we can know what she sounds like. That's exciting. <laughs> Be best. Be, for the children. For the children. Don't, don't listen to my husband she as he like says terrible things about people constantly. I do not sleep with him. He is disgust. Yeah, he is. Well, obviously. He has small hands. I can't believe. She's so gorgeous. But I mean, what do you, what else do you do when you're that pretty? I mean. I know what to do. Escape, run, get a lawyer. <laughs> uh, the booklet talking with kids about being online is almost an exact replica of an Obama administration brochure, specifically a 2014 Federal Trade Commission booklet called Chatting with Kids About Being Online, the Twitter account. <laughs> is that the name of it? No, I don't remember. I don't know. What they, I can't be. They must be joking. Um <laughs> The White House altered language linking the booklet to clarify that the booklet is promoted by the First Lady rather than authored by her. She's still an Obama or Michelle shit again. It was rebranded. So it was. It was rebranded from the former Trade Commission booklet called Chatting with Kids About Being Online. The First Lady added Be Best branding in an effort to use her platform to amplify the positive message within. The White House altered the language linking the book to clarify that the booklet is promoted by the First Lady rather than authored by her. When Lady First Lady Melania released a pamphlet on Monday about children's online habits as a part of her new Be Best initiative, she gave Twitter some users some deja vu. The booklet talking with kids about being online is an almost exact replica. It's not a joke of the Obama administration brochure, specifically a 2014 Federal Trade Commission booklet called Chatting with Kids About Being Online. Both booklets include nearly identical language on cyberbullying, hackers, and oversharing online. Fun fact, the White House trumpets talking about with kids about being online as a booklet by First Lady Melania Trump and the Federal Trade Commission... 
Except for an intro, that's exactly the same thing as Obama's FTC put out. Wow. Some observers have hailed Be Best as an effort by Melania Trump to forge her own path in the White House, separate from her husband Donald Trump and his policies. The project is designed to educate children about the many issues they are facing today, she told reporters at the unveiling at the Rose Garden on Monday. Uh, The current First Lady previously relied on text from the Obamas in her 2016 address to the Republican National Convention. You know, we remembered when she plagiarized there, where she repeated several lines from a speech Michelle Obama gave in 2008. People on social media are calling the pamphlets another example of Trump plagiarizing the Obamas and have accused her of being lazy. Other users have suggested that repurposing an old pamphlet indicates that she doesn't truly care about the Be Best program. Duh. It's that's kind of crazy to me that she's that I don't think it's crazy. But that she's so lazy, she's just Come on. Wow. What was, what is the one thing Melania is known for? Being pretty. Exactly. She wasn't even a model that like did like philanthropy kind of bullshit or anything. She was just a model that married a fat, ugly Cheeto. This is a good one. Recognize, this is from The Daily Show, recognize the signs of a cyberbullying. Cyberbullying often involves mean-spirited content, comments, talking about kids with being online. And then they have all of these Donald Trump ones where he says, sorry, Rosie is a mentally sick woman, <laughs> a bully, and a dummy, and above all, a loser. Other than that, she is just wonderful. <laughs> or how about golf match i've won 18 club championships including this weekend mccuban swings like a little girl with no power or talent mark's a loser truly weird senator paul rand of kentucky reminds me of a spoiled brat without a properly functioning brain he was terrible at debate Wow. Bette Midler talks about my hair, but I'm not allowed to talk about her ugly face or body, so I won't. Is this a double standard? These are his, these are Donald Trump tweets. We already know. We already know. I don't even want to, there's no reason to get mad about that because she doesn't care that the whole thing is a joke. It might involve rumors posted on someone's profile or circulated for others to see. That's from talking about. And we've got, the concept of global warming was created by and for the Chinese Chinese. in order to make US manufacturing (laughs) non-competitive. Just making shit up. Lion Ted Cruz just used a picture of Melania from GQ shoot in his ad. Be careful, Lion Ted, or I will spill the beans on your wife. And then he posted that picture of that unflattering picture of Ted Cruz's wife. He's a horrible person. I know. Well, and so here's the problem. Is it that Americans, we're just horrible garbage people now? He, we deserve Trump. Trump is what we wanted because we are such garbage people at this point that this is the president that defines the majority of Americans. I, it's what the electoral voted votes wanted three million people didn't vote for him the popular the populace did not vote for him so right i mean but i mean the thing is now it's 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 constantly in our face so you can't run away from it like unfortunately when you're reading or watching the news it 
it's about his tweets and those tweets are always off I mean always off and yeah. most of the time majority of the time wrong he, and then it, it, all his tweets are, have something to do with bullying if it's, it's not a country a, it's a person absolutely if, it, if it's not like a policy it's a, how it stinks you know it's everything is so negative I think we're just negative we're negative we're a negative, negative country negative, negative, we were negative. founded on negativity and now you now people are wondering like how do we get here well it's taken us I mean, we've always been that way. It's just yeah. now the stink has came up to shore. This is pretty amazing because he goes through like all of these different things. Like talk to your teens about avoiding sex talk online, which is number nine of Be Best, page nine. And we've got, did Crooked Hillary help disgusting check out sex tape and past Alicia <laughs> M become a U.S. citizen so she could use her in the debate? Oh, he's talking about Alyssa Machado. But it's just, why are you talking about other people's sex life? It's just, there's all this stuff. Could your kid be the bully? Look for signs of bullying behavior, <laughs> such as creating mean images of another kid. And then we've got the thing, the spill the beans. and This is an appropriate song to have in the background. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, though, I think that the conversation here is that this is what we deserve. We're, America has become a fake it till you make it society. And the best way to fake it is to have a beautiful wife who plagiarizes everything. Like, fake it so you make it. Plagiarism, plagiarism is faking it. That's exactly what it's, it is. Yeah, it's a fake, and it's a fake. It's a fake marriage. It's a fake. He promotes fake news. Right, fake it till you make it. This he's is a but fake this is president. What we deserve. It's a fake. I mean, it's it's this whole thing to him is a show. Right. Believe it or not, he doesn't he doesn't care about government. He doesn't care about the American people. Everything he ran on was a fraud. He's a con man. Con mans are con fake. Con man. Yeah, I mean, wow. Everyone should have known this. I mean, he, fake it till you make it is basically saying lie to everybody. That's what he, that's what he does. He he lies. Lie. Did you hear the story? This I one came out a couple me. several weeks ago about in the. 1984, I believe, um, he called, uh, Donald Trump called impersonating some, uh, a publicist for himself. That's hilarious. Um, to Forbes magazine. Wow. Trying to get on the Forbes list. <laughs> and Forbes, you know, they, they trust it's rich white men. So they're like, oh, well, this guy is, must be right. He's a rich white guy. Ha ha ha. Come to find out they publish, uh, what fake number that Donald Trump fake publicist, um, spilled out onto Forbes magazine and they put him in the Forbes magazine. Wow. Come to find out several decades later, he lied about his earnings. All the money that he claimed to have, that was his father's money. Wow. He didn't, he doesn't, he didn't get an inheritance till his dad died in, two, in 1999. Wow. So the whole time he was faking it wow. because he wanted to be part of the elite club. So yeah. Wow. So that is, I mean, that puts things into perspective. It I really mean, does. But then, what? I mean, I guess it's that whole narcissist thing that he thinks he deserves. He wants to be around millionaires. He wants to be, he always talks about money. He's greedy. It's just, all of it is so. He doesn't want to come out with his tax returns. Right, still, I know. And the taxes, man. Ugh. The state of California came after me this week. I got a letter in the mail on Friday night. I come home, I'm a little tipsy. Ugh. And I'm like, oh my God, what is this? And so it's basically the state of California saying, "Hey, where, what were you doing in 2016? Why didn't you Why didn't you give us any taxes?" And I was like, "Because in 2016, 
I didn't, I made less than, so I was like, how do I prove my money? So I went to food stamps this week and I made them print out everything I gave them in 2016. Oh, good. And like, and it was all affidavits and stuff. And I'm like, you guys want to charge me $1,400 in taxes? I made less than $16,000. And the way I can show you is my food stamps. Yeah, government issued. Right. Like, this is your own paperwork, friends. There, you cannot squeeze blood from a stone. Did that work? I don't know yet. I just sent them. Yeah. Uh, Monday. Oh, and yeah. I read in the email too. We oh, have- we found the thief. Oh, okay, okay, good. Yeah. So, so for the radio listeners who, if you're a regular, you know what's going on. So the station every every month is like barely scrapes by, and I have to keep coming up with new ways to keep the doors open. So one of the things I've done, I've instituted, is that when you do an open mic here, you donate two to five dollars because. I need the money. I need the money to keep the doors open. You need a um, stage. Right. So you need a stage. We give you a podcast and everything. Everybody wins. It's two bucks. You know, we, we, we can't sell anything here. You we don't sell beer. more we than that on coffee. Right. It's two bucks. It's nothing. So it's been filled with money and it was great. And even on Thursday, Mark Neuer was here and he had put in a 20 because he was like, I finally got a job. I got paid. I'm going to pay Mutiny Radio out. So there was a 20 in there. And I got here at six o'clock, at 5.50 on Friday. And I was like, where's the tip jar? Because I assumed that the the hippies just, they like to take it off the stage because they don't ever want to give me money because they think they're better than that. And they're like, we pay our dues. And I'm like, you get those people to give me $2. They won't give. When you can ask them, get them. I asked them. I put the sign up. Look, now the sign is everywhere. Please donate for open mic, 2 to $5. You get a recording of this and something else. But it's pretty clear that I, and they do an open mic every Friday and they never even give me a quarter and they use that toilet paper to wipe their asses. But this time, this time we got one of them on camera coming up. So I- hippies? Yeah, it's from, it was at 406. So it was deeply in the middle. It was deeply in the middle of the the hippie open mic. And- See, don't trust hippies. And, and, well, so you could see on the video. So people were in here talking, but nobody's out there except this one person. And they walk in and they walk up to the jar and they look at the jar and they walk away from the jar. And they go back to the jar and they check it out again and then they walk away again. And then they come back a third time and they put the jar under their jacket and they go into the bathroom. So later, the jar is found in the bathroom with a pair of scissors because this person was using the scissors like a tool to try to get out as much cash as possible. So not only did they steal all the change, which was like, maybe 17 50 and change there was there was a 20 in there from mark Nor- so usually on a when i clean out on a tuesday the the cash box it's usually 130 dollars for the week because it's four open mics and they pretty much collect for whatever reason it's been like 130 dollars a week so this week it was only 61 dollars. so i'm like your guys's show is responsible for that money because i know there was money in there and the thing is like I don't, and, and I know who it was, and I don't want to tell tales out of class, but it, it's, it is somebody's relation. They're related, and they just weren't watching them, and they have problems. They have issues, but you know what? I got fucking issues. I'm trying to keep this goddamn place uh, open, and, and it was $60 that was stolen from me, and I'm the one. This is me. This is, I'm the one who puts the bill here, and so it's so disrespectful and makes me so angry, A, that someone would steal from this place. And you don't charge them. And they never, and they never pay. I would love to be here on a Friday and say, hey, it's $2. And the people who run the show would be like, oh, you don't have to pay. 
And it's like, because they don't seem to think that, they seem to think that what they're doing is enough. And no. they don't want to ask their people for money. But I'm like... But their people now steal. But, and their people stole. So, I mean, I... We what, have you, a, what you going to do? So, I, I've we've asked them to kindly give us at least $60 because that's that's under what it usually is. They, they might have taken 70 They might have taken 80 I, I don't know. I didn't know how much was in there. But I do know that one comedian donated 20 bucks, And he was, like, so proud of it. He was like, did you get the 20 bucks?" And he wanted to be like, that was me. That was me. I was the 20 bucks." And I was like, dude, no, I didn't get the 20 bucks." The fact of the matter, that's just fucking wrong. And those people know that the station needs that money, needs every dime, every dollar that it could get. And the fact that you don't even ask for the other people that do the open mic to donate, oh yeah. hell no! I would have asked them. You're gonna give me a hundred dollars? Are you not gonna? Or you're not gonna perform here? Well, it's just. I mean, I mean, I you understand. Gotta, you got to pay for what if you listen here, hippie. <laughs> it's just they, hippies. So basically, what it comes down to is it's. Don't trust hippies. It's a well. It's it's a mindset, and. Hippies believe in a communism and I'm a socialist. I understand that I live within a capitalist system and the only way to keep this place alive is to be somewhat capitalist. But hippies are like, everything should be free. Come on, man. And I'm like, hey, I, I live in the real, right, utopia, but I live in the real world and I'm the one footing the bill. And that's the problem. The hippies never footing the bill. They live on your couch. They eat your food and they go, what, man? It's just food. And you're like, no, I got to pay for that shit. Right. Things cost money. Even when you're, even when you do have food stamps, that's still money. That's still resources. This is a resource. And they think all resources should be free, man. And it's like, okay, in your hippie world, that's fine. But I live in reality and I'm footing the bill. And you guys don't flush the toilet and you don't give me any money. Well, they flush on number two, but they like, if it's, you know, save the world, man. I'm like, you're not no, saving the world no. by being a... You flush the fucking toilet here because people are in and out of this place all the time and we're not... We are not... No! Pee needs to be flushed. Just, Strangers pee. This is not a commune, dude. This is not a commune. It's a public space sharing space for others. Fucking hippies. You know, I don't understand... Yeah, I'm about to go on a hippie rant. I don't think they understand the meaning of sharing. They know the meaning of taking. Right. That is the difference. And I'm not, I'm just not talking about all hippies, but the majority, the 97% of y'all. <laughs> and right. I, I feel as like, you know, especially moving here to San Francisco, I've never seen so many mean, just just stingy ass hippies I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Yep. Don't want to do shit. Want to just eat up shit, sleep shit. Now they still shit. Yeah. You know, it's just like, and, and I, and I get it. Like I don't, the person who stole probably thought, wow, this money is here. I need this money really badly. They might've spent it on drugs. I don't know. I mean, I, I want care. to be, I want to be compassionate, but don't. my thing is that, People were sitting in this room and they knew who that person was so they didn't think anything of it and they were like, oh, they're walking around being weird. And so they didn't, they I, just weren't paying attention and that's on them. I can't be compassionate so for someone So this like Friday, that. but I want at least 60 bucks from them because it's their, it's their fault that they weren't watching the people and at we, their and show. I have proof. <laughs> I have proof. And it's so shady. They went into the bathroom. They knew they were doing right. something wrong. It's not like, I'm. there's something wrong with me and I don't know right from wrong, so I need to have compassion upon me. It's like, no, no that, you the delivery stole still, from me. They got happy. They saw that money and they're like, ooh, I'm going to get me some of this. I'm going to take from that is that's something that is not mine. 
uh, that brings, you know, that actually helps, you know. And our rent just went up here too, $100 a month. So we just, I mean, our rent just went up. And uh, so that money is like more important than ever. Right. It's like every every penny. And there were there were pennies in there, and there were there were there was change, and there were there was money. And I just, I really hope that there's some and that person is no longer allowed at the station ever. Good. You don't get to. You don't. Good. Right. Like so, we'll see. But if they and if I come, but that's the thing is, I'm not here to police it. So. Listen, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't you know. You just have to be like fucking Robert De Niro on Goodfellas. Fuck you, pay me. Right. <laughs> I know. It's so hard. I don't find I don't find compassion. I don't I don't find anyone like that compassion that I can feel compassion for. Because the fact that matters is just like I'm doing this for you. I'm opening this house for everybody. Right. And the fact that you're still that means you're not just stealing from you, you're stealing from everybody right. here. Sure. And so have you no shame. Right. And you know, this place Listen, money, money's not growing on trees. No, it doesn't. I wish. I wish. I mean, it would be great if we could get like a grant or something of that nature. It would be incredible. Um, thank God for Spark. Spark just paid me for the podcasts I did in April. They're amazing. I and it's on Tuesdays, right? It's on Tuesdays at eight. They are just. Last night was such a good show. I, I texted you about coming. Yeah, it was a really good show, but unfortunately, my recorder crapped out so i don't have the recording of that show but during the sparkcast today i'm going to do a live one and we're going to talk about similar things that we talked about last night and the sound quality will be really good but i don't know why my thing crapped i think because it i didn't clear its memory before i started so it at 38 minutes it just froze and i was like no because it was a really good show last night maybe it's a sign of a new phone well, no, it's it's my pad. There's no phone. Oh, oh, your pad. Yeah. iPad. Yeah, it's it's yeah, a it's a it's a what's a Samsung? I don't know. <laughs> Develop rules. I'm just looking at her her Still little her, her Melania's Melania. thing. Yeah. Um, the whole fact that that was supposed to be your thing about bullying is just it's. <laughs> It's just, it's just, it's funny to me. It's really funny that, okay, your, your husband is the number one biggest bully in the whole world. Right. And then, hey, Melania, we're going to have you take on cyberbullying. Yeah, yeah. Exactly what your husband does. Right. It, absolutely. That's so funny because oversharing, this is one of the parts of it. Some pitfalls come with online socializing or sharing too much information or posting pictures, videos, or words that can damage your reputation or hurt someone's feelings. Uh, remind your kids that online actions have consequences. The worst kids, the words kids write and images they post have consequences offline. Kids should only post what they're comfortable with others seeing. Part of your children's profiles may be seen by a broader audience than you or they are comfortable with, even if they use privacy settings. Encourage your kids to think about language they use online, to think before posting pictures and videos, or altering photos posted by someone else. Employers, college admission officers, coaches, teachers, and police may view these posts. Remind kids that once they post it, they can't take it back. Even if they delete the information from a site, they have little control over older versions that may be saved on other people's devices and may circulate online. And a message that's supposed to disappear from a friend's phone, there are still ways to save it. Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Tell kids to limit what they share. Help your kids understand what information should stay private. 
Tell them why it's important to keep some things to themselves. Information like their social security number, street address, phone number, and family financial information is private and should stay that way. Duh. Well, but that's the thing is like, if a rich kid wanted to brag, where else do you do it? I mean, I guess we used to talk to each other at school or whatever, or bring your favorite toy to school, and people like, you can't bring your toys to school. Um, you have even adults do that stupid shit. Look at my I, new phone. Look at my new watch. Look you, at my new I phone see, watch. I see so many grown-ass people that flash money on their social media and end up getting robbed, hmm. or the police end up busting their house down, or like flashing their car, end up getting robbed, end up flashing their chain end up getting i'm like it's just like hello you know you are there's a predator out there that's looking for you right you're flashing your shit all over social media that's why you're not supposed to put that shit i can't imagine anybody robbing someone for jewelry like really you (laughs) all the time my dear but because jewelry like is it really worth that because like if you if you're trying to sell it to somebody it doesn't have like I mean, I guess it has intrinsic value of the weight of gold or diamonds that it has. Oh, but trust like, me. People really? Like still, yeah, that's still it's a big thing still. People still change you can't, all the time. But if you if you take it to a pawn shop, you don't get hardly any money for it. Well, it depends whose pawn shop you're going to as well. Oh. Are you going to a specialty jeweler? Jeweler? Do you know someone that knows somebody? There's like a whole underground black market of it. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow, that's funny to me that absolutely shit still in jewelry is one of the oldest things to do and people and with with social media now people are too dumb to realize that flashing all that shit will get your ass robbed yeah like i don't like to i don't understand why it's it's never I, i was maybe i was raised that it's it's never attractive to flash like that to flash what you have because there are others out there that are out that don't have that are out to get you right to get what you have but then why do we put so much importance upon status symbols and like coach shoes and louis vuitton bags and jimmy choo shoes and it's just the culture that we're in it's western it's it's westernized culture of like you know the status like having a Having a BMW means that you're part of the BMW class rather right. than, right. you know, a Ford Fiesta. Sure. <laughs> you know, or Jonathan just bought a new truck. Good for him. Yeah, he got the Saturn. Was the the brakes were like, yeah. he did just didn't want to replace them again, and he was like, because it gets expensive. Yeah, and might as well get something, you know, new and a little bit more handy. Well, and it's but. not entirely new. I hope that's not a booger. That's so gross. Um, it's not entirely new. It's like a 93, but it was inexpensive, which was good. Right. And, um, but he wasn't going out getting the trying to get the flashiest GMC truck. No, 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 no. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, but it's the, a cute, it's a, it's, it's a cute new truck. He's just afraid. He's afraid to park it in the Tenderloin now. He's like, I'm going to park it in the Mission every day. He's like, I don't care. It's like, I'll take the bus. And oh, he's afraid someone might do some shit. Well, every time his car is in the Tenderloin, a window gets smashed. Oh. Now that it's a truck, like somebody would probably want to sleep in the back of it call that kind of shit fucking ass talk to your teens about avoiding sex talk online what else do teenagers <laughs> do online but do sex okay. talk with each other that's just unrealistic well and but this is this is a, i guess the conversation teens who don't talk about teens who don't talk about sex with strangers online are far less likely to come in contact with predators in fact researchers have found that predators usually don't pose as children or teens and most teens who are contacted by adults they know don't f- find it creepy. Teens should ignore or block them and trust their gut when something feels wrong. 
say that for this teachers too. I'm so confused. I, I'm like, they don't find it creepy? Oh no. And most teens who are contacted by adults they don't know find it creepy. I see, the language is funny there. If, if an adult, yeah, if any adult contacts you and you don't know them, it's a little creepy, isn't it? It's, uh, that's the way I've, uh, Friendster. I remember Friendster. in <gasps> high school, we always had these Friendster. older dudes that would creep us out and say some weird shit on Friendster. Ooh, Friendster was very short-lived. Yeah, very short-lived. Because there was a bunch of creepy people trying to prey upon, like, teenage girls and shit. Yeah. That's what I, well, no, I don't once, like. Once they started talking about sucking dick and stuff, I'm like, oh, gotta go. Yeah, gotta go. Don't go do that right. stuff. I don't. Mm -mm. Getting a visual of this fat bastard in his basement alone. Oh, let's just keep talking about Melania. Oh, he looks so sad. Her son. These photos of Melania Trump with Baron <laughs> reveal what she's really like as a mom. He looks gaunt. <coughs> wow. This poor little boy. Doesn't he look sad? Their son Baron. With the one that he doesn't ever talk about. He looks so. He looks like he's gonna school shooting <laughs> he looks like no seriously he looks like he's gonna school shooting somebody a school shooting is that what you call it yeah he's got that school shooter look he's got that like i hate my life he's got that dead in his eyes yeah he's got the dead in his eyes look of a school shooter <laughs> i'm it's sad I, um i wonder if he gets bullied i will see uh, it never, I mean, he probably doesn't even come in contact with any normal people. It seems like there's never a break in the drama at the White House. Donald Trump is constantly under fire for his words, his decisions, and his past. And when the Stormy Daniels scandal broke, Melania Trump was thrown into the controversy. But despite it all, Melania is trying her best to keep their son, Baron, out of the spotlight. And these photos of the First Lady and her show, son show she's kept him close his whole life. Uh... So this first picture is, he's tall. Gosh, he's just, just he's, he's as tall as she is. Just uh, walking there. All right. Uh, Melania has been plagued with scandal ever since her husband announced his run for the presidency. Rumors swirled that Melania was in tears when she realized Donald would be the next president. And with all the Stormy Daniels in the spotlight, her life and marriage have been anything but normal. But through it all, she is determined to be a good mom. A spokeswoman for the First Lady told People that in the midst of the drama, Melania is only focused on being a mother. She keeps her son right by her side. That family's all fucked up. I, I can't imagine the, That's the poor the... kid. I bet you his dad doesn't love him. Well, his... there he is yawning. She's smiling at him and he's yawning in this picture. In this great jacket. Love that jacket. Long before Donald became president, Melania's biggest concern was parenting, but since her son had been shoved into the spotlight, she's kept them closer than ever. In many candid photos of the mother and son, Melania can't be seen either can be seen either looking at Baron or making contact with him in some way, such as putting her arm around him. She's aware of the public scrutiny scrutiny on her family and wants to make sure he's okay. In this picture she's looking at him and he's yawning. Next picture. And it's Mother's Day coming up. Of course, of course they're doing this right now because Mother's Day is coming. She's trying to give him a normal life even if the public disagrees. In this picture, he's just frowning. He looks pretty when he frowns too, just like his mother. 
The public reacted with mixed feelings about when she announced she'd be staying in New York after her husband moved into the White House, but the First Lady claimed she was simply trying to keep Barron's life as normal as possible. She wanted her son to finish the school year in New York rather than pull him out mid-year to start a new school and make new friends. But some thought the First Lady's move was wrong because it required millions of dollars of extra security. Oh, interesting. Uh, and her, her... Oh, God, he's so... He's so hideously ugly and she is so gorgeous and their son is so young. Make sure Baron knows where he comes from. Melania cares deeply about Baron's education and that he knows where he comes from. Baron is bilingual. In fact, he is fluent in his mother's native Slovenian and uses it when his grandparents come to visit. Plus, Melania herself is fluent in several languages. That would be four. French, Italian, German, I guess Slovenian, that's another one in English. That's crazy because she never speaks. I'm mining this for jokes, you guys, just so you know. Because, huh, why not? Uh, her, oh, that another one in this great red dress. It looks like they've only had like two photo shoots recently with him in there because it's the same, the same thing. Since Barrett's moved into the White House and uh, he, before he even became a teenager, he was thrown into a life he didn't necessarily ask for. When Barron finally started school in Maryland in September 2017, he did so quietly with his mother by his side. And since he's moved into the White House, he's gone largely unnoticed with the exception of making appearances at important events, such as State of the Union. Melania has done her best to keep her son's life under wraps. He's so tall. It's got to be crazy. Um, I mean, it's got to be hard being a teenager anyways, but and I've, I have some teenager friends and I know it's difficult. We got the vape pen problems. We got, she refuses to let nannies raise him. One of Melania's biggest claims about parenting is she refuses to hire a nanny for her son. The first lady told people in 2015, I like to be hands-on. I think it's very important. She says she is with her son all the time and helps him with his homework. But Melania also said she wants Donald and Baron to have father-son time. So she leaves them alone if they want to spend time together. He looks like, he he's really cute. He looks kind of like Snow White, except a boy. Uh, it's like the new aristocracy. This is, oh, what a, this is a picture of him when he was much younger. He's not as tall. She's wearing a gorgeous white dress. They're walking across a lawn together somewhere else. Uh, he was younger, and they're with Donald. They're trying to look, make him look like a family right before, um, Mother's Day, I think. He, he's her proudest achievement, blah, blah, blah. This is another one of him being really young. It's... Oh, that's so funny. Um, Latoya's phone is going off. Someone's trying to contact us right now because somebody was ding-dinging me and everything else, but we're here on the Spark, on the AltaCast, so don't worry. We're here for you. LaToya went out to get coffee. Uh, I should play. Oh, they want me to. No, I'm not weighing in on anything about our president. We, we talk about him way too much. I'm sorry, you guys. Sarah Jessica Parker shamed for looking 80 years old. It's. Yeah, there's a bigger product problem because like, why are we so worried about what people look like? 
Texas art teacher sues school district after being accused of promoting homosexual agenda. Wow. Amazing. Texas art teacher sues school district after being accused of promoting homosexual agenda. A Texas art teacher who was suspended for disgusting or sexual orientation filed a lawsuit Tuesday against the school district for discrimination. Stacy Bailey, a former teacher at Charlotte Anderson Elementary School in Arlington, alleges she was discriminated against by the Mansfield Independent School District and two employees because she's gay, according to the New York Daily News. Bailey was suspended with pay in September for discussing her sexual orientation with her students. The Dallas Morning News reported the school district said in a statement to a newspaper at that time, Bailey was suspended over insisting that it is her right and that it is age appropriate for her to have ongoing, ongoing discussions with elementary age students about her own sexual orientation, the sexual sexual orientation of artists and their relationships with other gay artists. Do you, um, so there, a woman in Arlington, Texas, uh, is suing the school district because she was suspended without pay for discussing her gayness with her elementary school students. Do you think that's too young? You think, how, I mean, how old were they? Their elementary school. I mean, if they're. It, it depends what element. I mean, like, are they first, second, third? I mean, I don't. Question. I don't actually see a problem with it. I, I mean, don't see a problem either. I mean, as long as they're not in kindergarten, a head start. I'm guessing they're probably fourth, fifth but grade. You know what, though? I babysit a boy with two mommies, and I think it's awesome. And I think that they should talk about orientation I mean I don't think that kids should I don't think it's appropriate to talk about it's sex primarily but you could say some people have two mommies some people have two daddies I don't think there's an issue with some that. artists I yeah. what you just said right there but I also see I'm playing devil's advocate right here I don't have a problem with it per se it's popular yeah I, I you know <laughs> but I can understand why certain parents would have an issue like talking about their sexual orientation to their children without getting permission Mm-hmm. I'm playing. I'm playing. Oh no 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 no! Advocate. I got you. I got you. you know. So that teacher should have sent out a um, a thing, a, a letter, a memo saying, "Hey, parents, just to let you know, uh, we are discussing the sexual orientation of artists uh, this week in school, and we're just discussing that, and it's yeah. totally cool." But I think. But what you just said was perfect. What you just said, just to keep it simple and sweet, like some some people have two mommies, some people have two daddies. That's it. That's all you really and I know, need to do. And I know kids are going to be like, but what do you mean? And it's just like, well, one day, kids, you'll, you know, we'll probably discuss at a later date, but right now is not the appropriate time. And that, right. shuts, it, that shuts it down right there. That sure. way, there's no well, way. Is gay, is gay marriage legal in Texas? Probably not. Oh, no, it is. It's, a le- it's federally legal. But oh, it's federally yeah. legal now. Yeah, girl, where you been? <laughs> I thought it was just California. I remember California shot it down years ago and then. Yeah, no, it's Obama did that in 2011. Oh, okay, good. Same sex. Girl, where you been? <laughs> I thought it was California. I'm telling Whoa. you, I live in a barrel of whiskey. Actually, I don't live in whiskey anymore. I live in a barrel of IPA, and I come out Get for free ice cream out. days. Get your ass I out know. Out. I just never pay attention. Mm. Uh, let's. But yeah. So I mean, I I, I don't think the teacher should have got suspended or anything else like that. Well, I think maybe the teacher should. Getting a t- get a talk to or what have you, a but parent, there's no reason. Uh, yeah, uh, it's I know appropriateness. But that's Fox News, though. I see that's this is Fox, Fox News, News too. So. I, I mean, so a parent complained to the school's principal in August 2017 about Bailey promoting a homosexual agenda and talking about her future wife, whom she married in March. 
the New York Daily News reported, citing the lawsuit. The parent complained again in September, which led to the suspension. The school district is sending a message that it believed LGBT teachers were not acceptable to teach elementary students. Oh, the school district is sending the message that it believed LGBT teachers were not acceptable to teach elementary school students, her attorney Jason Smith said at a news conference, according to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. The lawsuit named Mansfield Superintendent Jim Vazukas and the Associate Superintendent of Human Resources Kimberly Cantu and will be filed under the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution, the Star-Telegram reported. I'm disappointed in MISD, Trish Savage, a parent of a Charlotte Anderson student, told the Star-Telegram. They handled this horribly and will now be fighting a battle that could have been avoided. What would the harm have been to have reinstated her in the classroom at the school she loves and who loves her? Bailey's contract was renewed April 23rd, and the school told her May 1st she had been reassigned to a secondary school, the newspaper reported. Bailey is still listed as the art teacher on the Charlotte Anderson School website. So, they're saying that it's just too young to talk about the gay shit. But that's their argument. Their argument is that it's elementary. They're saying you're fine in secondary school, but But, LGBTQ teachers aren't cool with elementary schools. That's what they're. That's the message they're sending. Is that okay? So this is where they're being very, uh, very vague about elementary because elementary that's fourth, fifth grade. Sure. That's ten, eleven, twelve. Sixth grade, is, well, certain sixth grades lean toward elementary, junior high. Yeah, but that's still yeah, fourth, school. fifth grade is when the tweens and the adolescents start. Absolutely. And so yeah. I feel as if, listen, if you can pull that that elementary, there's different. There's, I'm not going to talk to same sex marriage with a first grader about it unless they have questions. Right, unless okay? unless they're already open about it because they already have two mommies, and they say, but wait, why are you know, why are, why is everybody else saying that two mommies is a problem or something? Then it turns into a conversation. Or- and you have certain elementary uh, age children who will, who know more than certain adults sure. that are 10, 11, 12 because of their environment. So I know, I don't think it depends on the age. Yeah. They're going by elementary school. No, because by the time they, they're in junior high, they're curious as fuck. That's when... That's when your hormones and start to rage. let's look at the picture of her. She's got a dikey haircut. I mean, she's got long on one side, short on the other, and it's purple. She's definitely got... She's got a cute little lesbo... She's hot. She's got it. She is. Yeah. She's got a, she's got a feminist she's grin that, on. She's, she's got... that stereotype that they don't like. Right. She's that She's empowered. She's an artist. And she's in Texas. I don't... I don't... I think Head Start is too early. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Well, and it's not that you're talking about sex. You're talking about lifestyle. Right. You're talking about mommy and like mommy, mommies and daddies. Relationships. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, you know, it's not appropriate to talk about sex in school unless it's in that thing of like, we're in health ed right now. It's just not something that. I mean, do uh, I, 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 do I feel as if we're going to start, you know, if people start talking about pansexual and stuff, I honestly feel as I think children, children are smart. They know stuff. I think once they are like eight, nine years old, seven, eight, nine years old, talk to them about it. You, they have to know about the birds and the bees, where babies come from. This, this is, this is actually pretty interesting. What they, they came up with here. There's another article about it. Um, and, 
they say uh, Texas teachers suspended over discussing sexual orientation sue school for discrimination. Stacy Bailey, a former art teacher at Charlotte L- Anderson Elementary School, alleged that two employees from the Mansfield... Oh, come on, give it back to me. Why are you doing this, computer box? Um, uh, Bailey was placed on leave with pay in September after presenting a slideshow called Get to Know Your Teacher during the first few days of the school year where she showed pictures of her friends and her girlfriend. A parent complained to say that Bailey was promoting a homosexual okay, agenda. Okay, now we got the whole gist Now of we it. got the story. Okay, that's bullshit. Get to know your teacher sounds just fine. That's fine. And that's, then it's like, get to know your teacher. This is my girlfriend. This is my girlfriend. That's it. There's nothing wrong with that. See, this, see Fox News, they left that part out. Huh? Fox News left that part out. That's yep. why we're going deeper. Mm-hmm. Fuck Fox News. Because they're like, gays, faggots ruining our children. That's really, but that's exactly what we were talking about last week with Don J. Grunman. Mm. Is that you remember his protecting name? the children? We're protecting the children. We're protecting the children from these moral, anti-moral. I mean, wait. When you're done, there's yeah. another one. His name's his last name is Little. He uh, is running for the Republican Party. He was mm. um, he's a GOPer. Mm. He has 18 percent. Uh, just look Scary. him up. Gary, yeah, we'll look him up. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see if there's anything else. Mansfield ISD reassigned Bailey to teach in a secondary school, sending the message that it believed LGBT teachers were not acceptable to teach elementary students. Mm-hmm. Um, Bailey's case generated support from some parents in the district who want the beloved teacher back in the classroom teaching oh. their children. As a parent, we ask a lot of our children and our teachers, but there are two things we hope for the most. One is a teacher whose love of the subject inspires students, and the other is a teacher who cares deeply for our children. Stacey Bailey is without question both of these. See, that's good that she has support. Yeah. That's awesome. So See, who is this guy? Uh, his last name is Little. Uh, Little, put in Little and then Senate, huh? Yeah. Is it Senate? I think he's running for the Senate. G-O-P. Uh, Indiana Senate race. Mike, oh no, who is it's Patrick Little, the far right Senate candidate kicked out of the GOP yes, convention? Yes, that's him. Who is Patrick Little, <laughs> far right Senate candidate kicked out of the GOP convention? Uh, the Republican Party, which held its convention in San Diego over the weekend, made clear that it wants nothing to do with U.S. Senate candidate who publicly espouses anti Semitic and white supremacist views. <laughs> wow, Dan has a partner in crime. Wow. But he's like going for it. He's like, oh, no, racism is the key. <laughs> uh, they want to they want to make me pay attention to things. Other I don't, yeah. Pop ups. Right. Damn pop ups. We're trying to give people We're trying the news to get here. you the news. And they want. Oh, and, and this to... is, of course, California. So we, I told you California's full of crazy ass people. A neo-Nazi running for U.S. Senate as a Republican has made a strong showing in recent polls, despite the fact GOP leaders are denouncing him. Controversial candidate Patrick Little was even kicked out of California's Republican convention this weekend in San Diego. Little posted a video on his campaign website after being kicked out where he's seen standing on an Israeli flag yep. and then spits on, on it. it. Yep. They just expelled me from the building because I won't serve Israel, Little said. Little is running against Democrat incumbent Senator Dianne Feinstein. A recent poll by Survey USA put him in second place with 18% of the vote. 
Despite that, an official from California's RNC told us in a statement, we are about to have a board vote on a resolution to condemn this guy. He has no support from the California GOP. Little's campaign website defines him as a white advocate who favors limiting representation of Jews in the government. Many of his online videos have been removed by YouTube because of their offensive nature. USF political science professor James Taylor, oh, JT, isn't surprised by little strong showing in polls considering the GOP often concedes races in blue districts, especially in the Feinstein race. Mr. Little can't win in California. What he can do is use his number two position for a platform to raise his anti-Semitic profile. Shall we watch his video? Yeah, it's really fucked up. Oh, Mr. Little. Got a little dick, Got a little dick, too. I want to, come on. The one time I want to watch the video, it's being, being poopity-doobers. Let's see if I can find it. Scoopity-boopers. Let's see if we can find it somewhere else. Um... Neo-Nazis, Neo-Nazis, Neo-Nazis. <laughs> this is from the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, and they also say he was banned from the gathering. Gosh, I'd really, I'd really like to see that video of him or hear it. Have you guys all hear it too? I, I mean, it's, it's, I understand that, that that's why the crazies are coming out of the woodwork right now because the Don Grunmans and the Patrick Littles are like, this is the time where I can push my agenda my trump has embraced them and their agenda he has embraced all of us in our racism and it is scary and it is sad and um let's see this is his i really want to why was he passed why um We'll, I'll keep looking for it. What is his, who is Patrick Little and what is his background? On his campaign website, website Little describes, oh, dang it, these jerks. Okay, they want us to do pop-ups. Yeah, um, he describes himself as a native Marine, a U.S. Marine Corps veteran and an IT engineer. In a New Week, Newsweek interview, Little was described as 33 years old. It remains unclear whether he lives or how much money his campaign has raised, according to the Center for Responsive Politics. I found it on YouTube on my phone. Oh, good. Well, plug it in. Plug it in, plug it in. Um, isn't that crazy how Glade plugins have gotten into every like <laughs> corner of our psyche? I don't think they even do that commercial anymore. But no, I bet. It's catchy I, still. I still, I still remember it was still uh, catchy. Still catchy. Uh, Latoya is popular today. So am I. We are, both of our phones have been ringing, and I'm like, I don't know why. What did I do? Where were you yesterday? Yeah. Sorry. No, it's all good. She's looking for. Well. Wait, did the Republican Party just ban a neo-Nazi? Yes. The move by GOP officials to expel Little from the convention gained praise. Gained praise. That's a terrible, you guys, that was a mistake in your article. Gained praise from some on Twitter, including one person who called it a rare moment of ethical integrity by the part of the GOP. Right. Uh, from Michael Frankel, a rare moment of ethical integrity on the part of the GOP. Given this turd nugget's popularity, you'd think that they would look the other way in the name of winning at any cost. At least in California, the GOP has some integrity left. So. Praise the GOP when they do the right thing, right. even when it's a no-brainer. Neo-Nazi Senate candidate kicked out of the California GOP convention. All right, let's check this out. Uh, no, we're good on four. Press play. We're all good. Here we go. Good morning, California. Patrick Little here. I'm your leading... Republican candidate in the latest poll. I 
got more than twice the support according to SurveyUSA than any of those candidates in there. They just had me expelled from the building because I won't serve Israel. I want to serve my country. I want to serve the United States. I want to serve Californians. I will not bow to a born, uh, foreign flag. I will not serve a foreign government. The Republican Party, the GOP of California, is nothing but Zionist stooges. They do the bidding of a foreign power that has committed terrorist attacks against ah! this country. The USS Liberty in 1967, over 200 casualties. They machine gunned the life rafts. They used, they used napalm on, on the casualties that were being triaged on deck. They planted bombs in US military targets, uh, morale, uh, wellness and readiness facilities in Egypt in the 1950s. They were trying to blow up United States servicemen and their families in Egypt. And blame it on the Arabs. Israeli <gasps> citizens like you committed these terrorist acts. It is by f a stroke of luck that we detected the bombs before they went off and hurt any U.S. citizens or U.S. military personnel in Egypt in the Levant Affair. All of the people involved in the Levant Affair were Israeli citizens pretending to be Egyptian Arabs. We turned them over like to the embassy in Cairo on orders of our United States State Department terrorists trying to kill Americans in a false flag attack. Never punished. Turned over to the Israeli government, they were never punished. These people are heroes in Israel. June 1967, USS Liberty, 51 years ago almost now. Over 200 casualties in a false flag attack. Yeah, yeah, we're done with him. We know there are... Uh, but if we can look up why... We've got here, um, I... Childish Gambinos... Oh, yeah, this is America, America video tackles gun violence racism. Donald yeah. Glover's shocking This is America video. It's Childish dope. Gambino is the name of um, Donald Glover's. Wow. Yes, it's a great video. Why Childish Gambino and Kanye West wise above the shouting about race and racism. Uh, can you look up? Can you look that up and we'll watch it on, on that one? We'll, we'll oh, put it absolutely. on three. I've watched it three times already. Oh, you can do it on that too. If yeah. You know, that'll work. Yeah, do it on your, yeah. your device. It's already in my history. Oh, fantastic. Um, this video. Why Childish Gambino and Kanye West wise above the shouting about race and race. Uh, about Kanye West race does racism. not belong in that category. Fuck that nigga. <laughs> this week, uh, Childish Gambino blew up in social media, media with a video dubbed This Is America, a meta commentary on the way pop culture and real life violence collide and go boom virally. It follows a week in which Kanye West overtook digital conversation with a handful of political Molotov cocktails about President Donald Trump and black slavery. At their core, these rappers are not just star entertainers. They are artists whose pop culture hegemony allows their voices to be heard above the shouting about race and institutional racism in this country. In black America, entertainment itself is often a political act in large measures because of the way black art forms the blues, jazz, gospel, rock and roll, hip-hop have been appropriated and commercialized by mainstreamed white culture. West has been releasing brilliant albums for more than a decade. Anyone who thinks of him as a personality, his music has transcended genres and generations. Gambino, Donald Glover, only recently raised his game from being just a guy in a lot of media nobody really cared all that passionately about. With the TV series Atlanta and his 2016 album Awaken My Love, Gambino's broader ambitions began to emerge. He was hilarious on uh, Community, everybody. Uh, Gambino's broader ambitions began to emerge 
though nothing quite prepared his followers for This Is America, which has drawn more than 50 million views on YouTube. The video shocks even as it dazzles. Gambino dominates the foreground, striking poses and dancing with rubbery fluidity, a parody of a minstrel rapping and singing about moneying and partying. The dancing distracts from the chaos in the background, rioting and looting, a body dragged off, a car vandalized, and the specter of death riding in on a pale horse. As Gambino satirizes the subject matter, of most mainstream pop songs, he casually executes a musician hooded like a prisoner of war and guns down a joyous gospel choir, an allusion to the Charleston, South Carolina church massacre in 2015. The imagery is staggering, but the ideas represented aren't new. Black music and dancing commodified for mass entertainment, black on black violence as routine element on TV news and hip hop videos, all packaged by corporations to increase viewers and profits. Gambino rubs our noses in it, wants the viewer to be shocked and sickened by it. Heads explode and blood spatters on the walls, and all the while, dancing and jiving continue, beauty and comedy merging with violence and mayhem. The pacing itself is a commentary on the way that every news bulletin is a pop culture windup has become a distraction. A series of images that dominate attention spans for a few hours and then are discarded and forgotten in favor of the next flashy disposable wave. The instant tort of memes repurposing images from This Is America only underlined Gambino's point. In Gambino's telling, black lives are the most disposable commodity of all. He's talking about exactly what we talk every week on this thing. Um, for him, mainstream appropriation is a kind of cultural death and violence has become so ubiquitous in art, life, and media that America has become numb to it, desensitized acceptance as a hallmark of business as usual. Upon subsequent viewings, This Is America can start to feel cynical, not least because Gambino's performance is devoid of any sense of mourning, hope, or solutions. This is no time for tears, Gambino's performance art says. His dispassionate satire disguises only a simmering rage. Like Gambino's video, West, yeah, we forget West for a second. Let's, let's, uh, let's listen to the song.
This is America. Yeah, yeah. Don't catch you slipping now. Hey, don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. Look how I'm kicking now. Hey, I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. Yeah, yeah. I'm on get it. Watch me move. This is Sally. That's a tool. Yeah. On my Kodak. Listen, you, you motherfuckers owe me. What a piece of art. I am so impressed. Yeah. It is a, not only is it a great song and it's super catchy, it is socially conscious hip hop. It's, it's actually. It's, it's culturally conscious hip hop. I love the whole African sort of like Caribbean feel about the, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Like that old, um, you know, when like Paul Simon appropriated the whole like. The Mombasa crier. Watch the video. You're like paying attention more to the people dancing, but then after you watch it a couple of times over, you're paying attention more to the background. Right. And the, this, dragging and bodies away, yeah, shooting I, people. I, it's crazy. I've been reading different articles about people's point of view on what they what they get out of the video, what the symbolism. And then I definitely the last part I definitely see like him running from the cops yeah. or running from the AKA Massa, which still coincides to this very day. And then also looking at the the chaos. Right. Rather than dancing and how you see how us entertaining you is distracting you from what's actually going on. Right, what's really happening. Yeah, exactly. It was funny because the way he smiles at the camera too, he's like, yes. Oh you could do it and what? And it I, almost brings that kind of like it's like that, African school children well, I, dancing, like you know, like it, it, it br- brings up the image of like people in Africa dancing and singing in a circle together, it like kind of very. Me of the minstrel show. Min, yeah, the minstrel show, exactly. Yeah. Sing and dance for the men. That's the, the and the funny thing. For, uh, that's um, American. But black people would do blackface, isn't that? But they would have minstrel shows were sometimes white people in blackface, but sometimes they'd have black people in blackface, which is like, makes no sense. Well, because white people are stupid. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> well, that, um, is a, that is a 
the, the, uh, music like that and culturally really, conscious stuff I, I think I, is I really great. Say, I really like the symbolism of what the gun, if you notice, they treated the bodies like when he first shoots the guy in the first scene. Mm -hmm. They put the gun, they treat the gun much better. Oh, then they, they pull the body out by his arms and they yes. put the gun safely back in a... Yeah, right. we, we care so much about guns, we don't care a lot about people. Exactly. Well, it's unapologetically exposing America's racism. That's what racism, Childish Gambino's doing right here. I, I think also, too, where you see this scene where the empty cars. Yeah. I, I think that was a really powerful scene, too. Um, meaning that everyone's gone from their chaos. It's like kind of like the apocalypse where everyone's gone. Yeah, right. Everyone's or like the the rapture everyone's been taken yeah, up to exactly. jesus the rapture, thank you. the rapture taken up to jesus and that's what the white horse, horse i believe means as well wait what was that the white horse oh the white horse right coming in on the white horse yeah well also police can have horse people uh what can we so what can we do about racial discrimination <laughs> no i mean like we know so i i mean we know it exists we know that it's a problem but what do we do now that Education our is we've got we've got a 33 year old white guy pressing you know blatantly on. racist anti-semitic stuff we've got anti-transgender we already know all of the African Americans comprise only 13% of the US population and 14% of the monthly drug users but are 37% of the people arrested for drug related offenses in America it's like we, we've we've created We've created a stigma, we've created a stereotype, and then well, we expect, we say, oh, are you gonna... <sighs> well, it goes back to what we were just discussing about the teacher in, in Texas. Mm -hmm. Education, the fact of the matter of... Education. You know, the she she wasn't gloating about her relationship. She's just like, this is my girlfriend. This, these are my when friends, you, this is my girlfriend. And, and then the fact that that parent was like, well, she's trying to teach her, our children about homosexuality. No. 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 She's teaching... She's, she's actually not teaching the, your children anything She's about teaching that. them about relationships and how different people of different can be together. It's, it's a relationship It's thing. a relationship. And what it boils down to is how can you end racial discrimination is education. Right. The fact that this guy, Patrick Little, and, and who's that? Don other, Grunman. Donald J. Grunman. John, Donald J. Grunman. Obviously, they are lacking so much education and they don't know their facts. Well, they—I mean, it's—it's the—it's the facts they spin. It's like, like. It's the facts they don't—they don't want to believe. And they're the both—they're both isolationists, so they're like, Absolutely. "Get out of this place! Be here! Let's all." And it, but we have to—I don't know. People, not just American people, have value. We're on a global scale now, but we have to at least, even before we recognize that other cultures and other people and other countries have value, people in America have value too, and we have to realize that it isn't just white rich landowning men that have importance and help and sustain and make this country work but it's everybody right of I, all colors i also think we need to have a conversation amongst ourselves like for example there's issues within the black community and black women with colorism mm. just like there's an issue with black men within black men there's an issue with white women amongst white women as well i think and that draymond green gets called for more technicals on the warriors because he is darker black i think that there is a and there's an nba conspiracy 
colorism? Toward yes, colorism. There is there that always, darker yeah. African American players will get called for technicals more often than say like Stephen Curry because well, he's. Well, I mean, there is. I mean, I don't know when it. I haven't paying attention to the Warriors, but I will say there is colorism that goes in our community that we have to discuss. But it's not just colorism within our community. It's the same in Latin community and and Asian community. But what I'm what I'm talking about is before we have a talk with, you know, amongst, you know, white people, black people, Latino people, Asian people, we need to talk amongst ourselves. Sure. Because we have so much, especially me being a person of color, yep. we have so much we haven't discussed that we are still traumatized for. Absolutely. And then just like I feel like white women need to have a talk with your other white sisters of like, how would you, I don't understand how how you would vote a certain way or how do you why do you feel locked to a man that sure. you have to I, I, maybe i'm not saying this well right, okay but. yes no but we should be there should be more communication and we should decide and we should if, if we pulled together our resources and i think women as a whole i think that women should be able to say hey we can we can move beyond this race issue and right. say we're women let's Let's Lysistrata this shit out. It's an old Greek play where the women withheld sex and they stopped the the war. And uh, oh yes, the, 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 the Lysistrata, the great play. Yeah. It's it's an old Greek play, I like and it, play and it existed yeah. two thousand years ago. And I'm thinking, why don't we all pull together again and you would think so, our resources and say let's change been things? Pulled off by men, mm, period, mm. and how and especially with men and class and and how we're supposed to look and how women are supposed to be we and then also too now I'm and which people we're supposed to be afraid of i have a story about this with another white woman oh so i'm walking last night i've been i've been hitting open mics pretty hard recently i've been really um i've been working it and so i've been spending a lot of time at omg which is like six blocks from my house because i live in the tenderloin and it's not that far of a walk so i'm walking down um, Jones, which becomes basically like kind of like Sixth Street, sort of. I have to kind of jig and jog, but I'm walking through the neighborhood as I always do, and I'm holding my little cart with my job rocker Max because I had this spark cast later. And this very nice, she was probably my age, but obviously she had money. She was wearing a cute hat and it said Porsche, and her hair was very blonde and very coiffed. She had very pretty makeup on and really cute little outfit. And she walks up behind me and she goes, this is just not a safe neighborhood, is it? And I turn around and go, no, it's fine. I live here. And she goes, you, you what? I said, I've lived here for seven years. I live, I live right up here. It's no big deal. I said, as we go down the hill here, I said, where are you going? She goes, well, I'm supposed to be going to Halliday Plaza at Eddie. And I'm like, you know, you could have gone Powell, but she's like, it's telling me to go this way. I'm like, well, I'll walk with you for a while. And she goes, this is what, what is happening here. And I said, well, well, you know, on Geary, I said, usually when I walk through this neighborhood and it, a person, you know, you might want to do it too, usually stay on Geary, Powell, and like South Van Ness, these safe, kinds of ones. But I said, right now you're going down Jones, Ooh. past past Ellis to Eddie. I'm like, you're in the belly of the beast, You're girl. in the belly, yeah. And she looks at me and she's like, you're, you're very funny. I said, yeah, I'm a comedian, you know, I have a flyer. And she goes like, um... I said to her, I said, you know, you, you don't worry about it when you're up on Geary because crackheads don't like to walk uphill. And we're walking by a guy and he goes, I hear you talking about me. <laughs> he didn't even say white bitches, which I thought was very nice. But I told her, I, I reassured her. I said, I live here. This isn't a problem. 
You can even make eye contact, but I wouldn't recommend it. Just look pleasant and walk down the street and Don't you'll be fine. Don't look scared. Don't look you're scared. Getting, you're teaching her street smarts. Right. I'm like, just walk down the street and look pleasant. And if somebody says something nice to you, smile at them. And if they want you to stop and talk to them, just say, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. busy. I don't have time to stop and talk to you. Because usually they want a cigarette or a light, but you don't look like a smoker. So we're having this huge conversation. She's like, you're so nice. Thank you for like guiding me through the tenderloin today. And it was clear. I said, good luck going back to uh, Walnut Creek. And she laughed. <laughs> so I might have been right. I don't know. You probably but Because she was... I, anyways, the point is that... She's in her bubble. She Right. Nice she's white lady. And But if she looks at other... She finds on the street like other... She's like, nice white lady, other nice white lady. We can pool our resources together and be two nice white ladies together walking. <laughs> like, sure. Maybe she's scared just as much as I'm scared. Right. I'm like, I ain't scared. See, I don't worry. I don't. I'm so not afraid of anything in the tenderloin, and especially during the day. This is and this is comes to the conversation of like white women having a conversation about mm-hmm. being in that safe bubble, exactly. And that precious. You're so precious. You're too precious to be around this, right? Like no, actually, this is reality. This is real. There's poo on the street. Exactly. These people are shooting up. That's happening. That that happens. That's happening. And actually, in her neighborhood, that's probably happening. But it's in a big, nice, bigger house right. where they're shooting. They're up. shooting up in the bathroom. Exactly. Sure. Right. And or so, at the bathroom in the mall or something. Right. I mean, it, yeah. and you know, the thing is, it's just like you need to get out that bubble, girl. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of these women, the white women that did vote for Trump Ugh. were in that bubble. Ugh. I mean, and it's just like. I know. Well, no, people, people are starting to realize that the heroin epidemic isn't just poor people, that it's it's in the suburbs now. It's in it's, white suburbs. It's been it's in there. In, but it's it's been moving faster just because we've gotten people hooked on these opiates and then we cut then all of a sudden they can't get them anymore through their doctor or they can't get enough and then they're abusing it and then suddenly and, but we're talking we have to we have to keep going back to the idea that it's education if if we can educate people and give them the feeling of hope that they have a future and they have something to do if you have something to do you don't have time to do heroin do you know what i mean like if well, you yeah. But I mean, also too, I, something you care about. The thing is, like a lot of people, especially like you know the drug administration, drug administration, um, a lot of people that were a part of the drug war, yeah. wanted to think, oh, you know, that's just only in urban areas, right. you know, blah blah blah. Well, right. surprise, motherfucker! Most people that live in urban communities don't have as good as health health insurance as those upper middle class, wealthy neighborhoods. So that's how they get caught up on these scripts, and then they end up getting some cheap ass heroin you know yeah and those and the the pharmaceutical companies are the biggest drug pushers they really are yeah so the whole fact that you know it's mexicans are bringing the drugs no it's your doctor that's giving <laughs> you the drugs you know and it's not it's not leroy on the street corner right no it's dr no, that Einstein. Was, and that when that was <laughs> when it was leroy on the corner that's because the cia and the government was Funding the crack, funding of, crack yeah, epidemic. Crack, I do believe in, that in cities. I, I yes. think that that was an underground. I think that our government has done so many shady underground things that the cognitive dissonance that we have is so vast. And it's the, hard to it's it's hard to wrap your brain around the concept that our own government would want to hurt our own people. Right. That's like scary and evil, and it's like it goes against what we've been. If we were educated, what we were taught to believe about our, we believe, we try to believe that the American government has this higher moralistic and ethical code. And yet, 
It's the total opposite. It doesn't. And now there is no more moral and ethical code because it's fake it till you make it. We have a fake president with fake news, with a fake wife, with a fake son, with fake clothes, with... With a fake idea of living. With a fake idea of living, with a fake idea of how much money you're supposed to have, with fake hair. Yeah, and... With and fake skin. Fake tits. Fake, fake, every, fake face. Fake it, I mean, fake it till you make woman, it. I'm just wondering, like, what would have happened? I think that woman would have been okay if she walked in the tenderloin, but the fact that matter that she probably lives in this fake persona yeah. of what her life is compared to what's really out there in the real world. Could you imagine if... If Melania Trump did like a walkthrough of the tenderloin and <laughs> and was like, okay, this is people are really I mean, is there she is poo on the peasants. streets? Peasants, right. Well, and it's it's poo on the peace uh, streets and peasants, absolutely. In England, in feudal England, th- when they started doing cities and stuff, people just threw their shit out onto the street. Oh, yeah. There was no They had a nasty cholera. They had yeah, nasty plagues and stuff with all of the because they were throwing their feces out on the street. And, and now we're well. doing that again. Could you imagine if San Francisco was hit by some crazy plague because of all the feces on the street? Oh. I, I I don't know, oh. like, what, to, what the answer I, is. The, I'm actually, I'm mad at San Francisco by letting this shit, literally this uh. shit happen. I mean, how dare you... A time and time again, we talk about this. How dare you want to chart this city be so fucking expensive, but yet... I could step in shit literally any day. Uh, any day. And you got to look down. Yeah, you got to look down. Gotta look or down. a needle. Not, oh, oh, needles. I've been stepping on so many needles. Oh, there no. have been so many needles around lately. And I'm just like, what the? Uh, this is great. I put on poop on American streets and I came up with Japanese girls shitting on the street, pooping, pissing, and scat porn videos. That's the first thing that oh, comes scat. out. Yes. Protect illegals from deportation. Denver decriminalizes. Uh, the nonviolent act of urinating or pooping on the pavement. This is good. To protect, this is interesting. Uh, this is from Denver. They're very progressive. To protect illegals from deportation, Denver decriminalizes pooping on the pavement. Although a bit uncivilized, it stands to reason that Denver, the first U.S. city to legalize social marijuana, felt it was imperative to decriminalize the nonviolent act of urinating or pooping on the pavement. After all, studies show that occasionally cannabis smoking has a laxative effect on the body. Runny innards aside, statewide, it's still against the law to borrow a vacuum cleaner from a neighbor or to mutilate a rock in a state park. Therefore, the passage of Denver's public elimination ordinance means that if a hiker happens upon a boulder in one of Denver's state parks he or she is prohibited from etching a heart with an arrow into the stone however if a lactose intolerant hiker eats too much queso fresco at lunch and can't make it to the park restroom in time the nonviolent crime of using a rock as a toilet will no longer get that person a one-way ticket back to a county where e coli is spread on more than cilantro Likewise, if a homeless illegal migrant should happen to squat on the sidewalk in front of a Denver residence, borrowing a wet dry vac from a neighbor to clean up the sidewalk could result in the person using the suction device having to pay a $1,000 fine or having to spend the night in jail. But you can poop. You just can't clean it up. Unlike criminal vacuum borrowers and lawless rock desecrators, henceforth in Denver, vagrant illegals who came to America from countries Donald Trump less than tactfully described as sewers will be able to freely spread diversity like organic fertilizer in a multicultural garden. Public pooping. It's fun. I mean, I'm so that just came out that we can publicly poop now in uh, San Francisco requires poop maps oh I've heard of poop to help pedestrians avoid human waste 
you should see it. their map is really funny yeah for those who have maintained that San Francisco is full of shit whatever there is now living proof how much poop is there on the streets of the city by the bay would you believe there is an online map to track human feces on the city streets there is I showed my friend this a couple years ago. According to Fox News, one area of the city reported 140% rise in feces. As Jay Caruso of Red State noted, public urination is so widespread, it has damaged subway, elevators, escalators, building walls, and power poles. It's absolutely true. The power the power lines, um, they have to, because of the public urination. When did the gleaming jewel that was San Francisco become a repository for poop? Mayor Willie Brown terminated ordinances city district attorney terrence hallahan would not prosecute victimless crimes involving drugs and prostitution a report from the office of the controller stated service requests related to human waste increased across all supervisorial districts in san francisco in a fiscal year 2015 and 16 and at a rate well above the average growth in overall sf311 use District 6 in Zone B had far more service requests related to human waste than any other district. Three times as many as the next highest district count in District 9. I'm in, I'm in District 6. And nearly 30% more requests compared to 2014-15. This change appears to be driven mostly by additional reports along Market Street and south of Market. Let's look at the, let's look at the map. The map. Oh, the map is... Uh, look on the right, map. The bra- you're routing Brown Town. Yeah, here I am. This is. You are brown town. Yep, that's poop map. This is so funny. It's called Human Wasteland. It's Human Wasteland. I don't know. How does that song go? It's the final. Human Wasteland. Yeah, there it is. There it is. It's a human wasteland. Wasteland. Yeah. Um, Use this to scroll across. Wow. (laughs) So there's a huge brown spot all over the mission. Wow. All over my area. This is so kindly take action, educate yourself, and help alleviate homelessness by clicking on about. <laughs> I want to see this. Hello, this I created this map to bring attention to the issue of homelessness, not to insult people or places, not to further political agendas unrelated to homelessness, not to track anything, not because it was necessary. Where is about? Here we go. Human Wasteland is a mochi machine project. Here are some great articles you can read that address the problem of homelessness and lack of resources for the homeless in San Francisco. SF Weekly occupied San Francisco understanding the city through its toilets. The bold italic. San Francisco's poop problem is serious. The San Francisco Chronicle. A decade of homelessness. Thousands of SF remain in crisis. So there's about 7,500 homeless right now. Please consider donating to Lava May. Oh, Lava May, which is great. They um, have they have um, showers, a service that provides mobile showers and toilets to homeless, or Project Homeless Connect, a nonprofit that provides comprehensive holistic services to those experiencing homelessness, or the St. Anthony Foundation, a foundation providing essential support to San Franciscans living in poverty, or to the Homeless Prenatal Program, a family resource center providing poor and homeless families the ability to end childhood poverty. I mean, that's what we should be focusing on. Yeah. This is really crazy. Use this to scroll on the map. Mm. I'm supposed to do. I want to get closer in. What do yeah. I do? Get into the stink. Of there it. we go. There we go. Uh, I Brown get closer. town. How do I get closer? Oh, there we go. Okay. So the biggest, and it's so funny because the biggest concentration is right in my neighborhood. Oh. It is so funny. Um, 
Yeah, so, and it's funny because um, crackheads don't like to walk uphill and Geary Boulevard is kind of where they stop, right? It's so funny. Look at that. It is, that's that's my street. It goes, right, the edge of it's right along my street. A big section of it is right here, which is like, which is right on my, that's Hyde. I'm on Leavenworth. So, and it's, it's crazy. Every corner is just in the, in the tenderloin is just pooping. That is so unbelievable to me. It's right in my neighborhood. I'm right. I mean, I'm at the, I'm kind of at the edge of it. There's Geary. Most of it's O'Farrell right and down here. below. I'm right up here. I'm Geary and Leavenworth. This is me right here. So you get up, you guys but again, yeah, crackheads don't like to walk uphill. So they don't, they, they stop pretty much at <laughs> Ellis is a big area. They stop. Unbelievable. Yeah, right there, right there. Right there. Uh, and there's a big right by the end up. That's so funny. It's so it's not funny. It's terrible and it's sad. Oh yeah, because right by the end up, there's like the gate. Right there's a place where nobody is anymore. Yeah. And oh my god, they have it for all the different years too. Oh sweet. And you can look at it by month. Wow, neighborhoods. You can look at specific neighborhoods. Try Bayview. Try Bayview. Okay, let's look in Bayview. A through B. Bayview. Let's look at Bayview. It should take me to Bayview. Oh, there we go. Bayview's over here, right? Oh. They don't have as many... They don't have as many in Bayview. Let's go. Yeah, we're trying to go down. Oh, there we go. Wow. They have little piles of poop everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Wow, Bayview is covered in it. Babe, look at that. What? What? Oh my God, on 3rd Street. Wow, all along 3rd Street. Wow, right there. There's right on right right in front of your house. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's across the street. It's a human wasteland. I usually I usually see more dog shit there. Human wasteland. I I This city is nasty as fuck. It's true. Well, it's a good way to end the AltaCast. Hey, uh, donate shit. to... On a sh- shitty note. Uh, donate to Mutiny Radio. Donate to all kinds of things. Give us money. Support things that you guys believe in. Uh, and, you know, don't... Don't throw trash on the streets. Don't throw Be- trash. Don't shit. Don't... Yeah. Shit try street. not to poop on the streets. And stop stealing. Stop stealing. Yeah, that's good. Fuckers. <sighs> Thank you, Latoya. We did it again. We, we did, did it. it Yay. Yay. Uh, thanks for joining us on the AltaCast. Uh, stay tuned, because coming up at 2, I have some Call Me Tim with special guest Jawan Rubin. He is a Baptist preacher. We should have a lot of fun Ooh. talking about Jesus. Amen. Then coming up at 4, Sparkast. Uh, we're going to have special guests today, and I'm very excited about that. Spark is amazing. I hey. Want one of the, I want to do one of those shows with you. I'm super excited. Um, next week, I, I lost both my guys, so I have open. If you want to do next week, I can book you. Yes. Hey, everybody, like us on Facebook and please press that donate button on the Mutiny Radio homepage. Uh, this Friday's Pamtastics Comedy Club Clubhouse is a really great one. Chris Knatzer, Tony Sparks, FCC, uh, no, Casey Skinnell, uh, Max Moachanine. It's gonna. It's a really, really good one. Good lineup of really yeah, funny, funny sexy dudes. Lineup. Sexy lineup. Yeah. Sexy. Tony Sparks, Sugar Nasty. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm on the Sugar Nasty show uh, this Thursday at at uh, Il Parada. Tonight, I'll be at Eagle if you guys want to stalk me. I'm going to be doing some open mic stuff tonight. What time till? Because hopefully I get off early. Well, Eagle is really early open mic. It's a 5.30 sign up. It's a 6 to 8 go. Damn it. 
And uh, so I'm just going to be there early working out some stuff. And then tomorrow is 8 to 10 at Il Parada. Nice. Yeah. And then I'll probably come up here for drills. Uh, but thanks again, everybody. We'll Bye. see you later on the Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. 
But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayaks. You're like, yes. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Uh, every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. 
Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to seeing you. Uh, oh shit. Can I just hit this? You enjoy! Hell is waiting for you! Enjoy! humor needs go to Tim the hip-hop thing is a completely different space right so I don't know a spiritual so like I had this thing I wanted a little while ago political humor needs go to Tim's tesseract.com read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6 Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscope.